Welcome to the Staying Ageless Podcast, a show that will equip you with the major keys to achieve extraordinary longevity. This is your girl, Associate E, also known as Raw Girl. I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach. And today on the show, we will be talking about how to enhance your natural beauty at any age. To get this longevity party started, I'm going to give a brief rundown on ways to enhance natural beauty. One thing I'd love for you to note is that beauty is so much more deeper than having a pretty face. To be truly beautiful, beauty must radiate from within and shine on the outside. Let's delve in, and later on, we'll be talking with our amazing guest, Nadine Artemis, author of Renegade Beauty. I am so grateful to have each and every one of you tuning into the show from all over the world. If today's show inspires you, I'm inviting you to go ahead and subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me to get feedback, so any reviews are much appreciated. Hey, y'all. Hey. To start off this show, I got to address our absence with no warning for a few weeks. Child, it has been real out here in these streets, okay? Between technology glitches, getting new team members, and intense personal obligations, it was the first time I was forced to miss posting episodes for this podcast on schedule. And I am so, so, so sorry. Behind the scenes, in addition to seeing our patients, my father has not been well and I've been managing aspects of his care and treatment plan. I'm really happy that he's back on track and now have a whole new level of respect for caregivers. I think we actually might need to do an entire episode on it, actually. Anyhow, I appreciate all of you who are still listening, and I am excited to release the remainder of our current season. True beauty is the fullest, most energetic expression of one's soul. This means nourishing your soul, mind, and body. The society we live in imposes a lot of beauty standards, particularly on women. At any age, we are told to look and dress a certain way, use these skin products, lotions, potions, all the stuff, and more. While we do need to care for our skin, beauty goes well beyond all of the products and all of the topical things. And so today we're going to discuss how to enhance your beauty at any age. First off, we need to eat whole unprocessed foods. This may not come as a surprise, but if you are what you eat and you do want to look like a stale bag of salt encrusted potato chips, please feel free. (laughs) If you prefer to radiate the energy from a fresh bowl of organic leafy greens, then partake in those. Sounds like an easy choice, but sometimes our taste buds actually do get the better of us. Nowadays, it's much more important than ever to know what you are eating is actually food. Because the majority of packaged and to-go meals out there are full of chemicals, preservatives, harmful additives, or even hormones. Consuming these toxins does not only diminish your outward appearance, it also has a direct effect on your emotional stability and joie de vivre. Next, it's a good idea to get your beauty vitamins in. Food is one of the most powerful tools we have at our disposal to alter our physical body, increase our magnetism, and boost our overall sexy factor. There are a number of nutrients that are very essential for maintaining and cultivating an attractive appearance, including vitamin A, vitamin C, which is very important for the production of collagen, vitamin E, silicon, sulfur, and zinc. In addition to these, you'll want to make sure that you get enough magnesium, manganese, iron, and B vitamins, which are all essential for the proper functioning of metabolic pathways that convert our food into energy. Next thing we can do for beauty is water, water, and more water. Water flushes out harmful toxins in your body and is necessary for many biochemical reactions and optimal functioning. The ideal is to drink at least 
half your body weight in water and increase that depending not on the environment you live in. If it's hot or humid weather-wise, increase the amount you drink to stay hydrated. If you drink caffeine, which I don't recommend in excessive amounts, you will also need more water because caffeine is dehydrating. So keep that in mind. You also need to understand the different kinds of water available and the water filtration processes so that you can make the best choice for you. There's vapor distilled, reverse osmosis, tap water, various types of filter water, spring water, bottled water, some of which have been put through reverse osmosis or distilled process, and some of which are just glorified tap water, and alkaline water. Go back and listen to my water episode on this podcast to get more deets if you're confused about what type of water you should be drinking. When you drink water throughout the day, every day, it will help improve your beauty. For sure. The next thing is to really embrace the power of prayer and meditation. Prayer is something that can contribute to beauty in a myriad of ways. As someone who has recently in recent years stepped my prayer game up, I can say that it has reduced stress, enhanced my character, which are both beauty enhancing. Obviously, someone's screaming at you because they're so stressed out. It's not a really beautiful attribute to have. Taking a moment to slow down, breathe, and meditate helps to balance out our emotions and brings huge benefits to your mental well-being. Meditation is a great stress reliever, and it helps keep negative emotions far from you. Practicing mindfulness can also improve your cognitive performance. You can also include this in your routine by embracing mindfulness practices such as yoga, tai chi, qigong, meditative walks, and more, especially if you're someone who doesn't like to sit still for long periods of time. Yoga is not only excellent for de-stressing, it can also help flush toxins, boost your immune system, and improve blood circulation. Yoga heals damaged skin cells and energizes you. Yoga is food for your soul, and getting into the habit of practicing it daily can immensely enhance your beauty. Last but very much not least, embrace your age and your purpose. This is why I never use the term anti-aging. Aging is a normal process. We're all going to age. Obsessing about aging can bring adverse effects such as stress and anxiety. So making peace with where you are and focusing on being the best version of you at the age you are currently is really the most important thing. Remember, we have our chronological age and our biological age, and you can affect how young your cells are just by cultivating healthy daily habits. When someone contracts a serious illness or a chronic disease, they expect their doctor to prescribe medication, and if they're lucky, some lifestyle changes. Oftentimes, in addition to those recommendations, the best prescription is to simply find what you love and do it daily. It is far too common to find ourselves living a life that is not our own and neglecting our true passions and calling. To be the best, healthiest, ageless version of you, find what it is that makes your heart sing and do it now, not next week, 10 years from now, when you have more money, et cetera, et cetera. When you love what you do and you are walking in your purpose, you will be happy. And a good dose of happiness is an essential ingredient for optimal health and beauty. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will chat with our amazing guest. I am super excited to announce the launch of the new destination I created for online programs called Staying Ageless University. At Staying Ageless University, we create epic content to teach you about holistic wellness and transformational healing programs to help you achieve extraordinary longevity. We believe that learning is an essential component of healing and creating lasting change, and every one of our programs are created from protocols that I have tried and tested on clients who have achieved optimal wellness by following them. 
Our signature programs include Staying Ageless 30 Plus, which is designed to help women 30 plus interested in staying fly till you're 99 or close to it, create lasting healthy rituals, and the all new Raw Girls Hormonal Balancing Academy for women suffering with fibroids, PCOS, endometriosis, cysts, or menopausal symptoms. If you're ready to use holistic means to take control of your hormones and get your life back. We also have two new programs that are amazing for New Year's Clean Starts, Detox Your Life, which includes 30-Day Plant-Based Detox, either raw or vegan, and Candida and Parasites Be Gone for those who are ready to kick Candida overgrowth or parasites to the curb for good. Enrollment is now open for three of our programs, and we officially launch January 1st, 2021. You can learn more about us and our program offerings at stayingagelessuniversity.com. Hope to see you in class. When I lived in LA, I was at the beach all of the time. (laughs) The beach was my happy place. After going to the beach, I would always stop by this amazing raw food restaurant. They had the most delicious food, burritos, cinnamon rolls. I was obsessed. Fast forward to this year when I wanted to give myself a jumpstart on raw, I discovered that this amazing restaurant that I used to frequent had transitioned to nationwide delivery of fully prepared raw meals. It's called Raw Revolution, and for 20 years, they've been serving the finest and most vibrant living foods meals. They offer a raw box, which includes two fresh pressed juices, four gourmet entrees, four generous sides, and two delicious low glycemic desserts. The raw box is designed to provide one person with about four to five days of lunches and dinners. I also love that the menu changes each week, so there's always lots of variety. I get a lot of inquiries from listeners and clients alike who want to go raw and feel like it's not sustainable time-wise. If this is you, this is an amazing solution to get your raw jumpstart. Head on over to rawvolution.com and use the code RAWGIRL to receive a discount on your first purchase. Our guest today, Nadine Artemis, is an innovative aromacologist and author of two books, including Renegade Beauty and Holistic Dental Care, The Complete Guide to Healthy Teeth and Gums. She is the creator of Living Libations, a luxury line of organic, well-crafted, non-GMO serums, immune-enhancing elixirs, and essential oils for those seeking the purest of the pure botanical, natural health, and beauty products on the planet. Her healing creations, along with her concept of renegade beauty, encourage effortlessness, eschew regimes, and inspire people to rethink conventional notions of wellness. Her potent dental serums are also used worldwide and provide the purest oral care available. Nadine is a key speaker at health and wellness conferences and a frequent commentator on health and beauty for media outlets. She has received glowing reviews for her work in The Hollywood Reporter, Goop, Vogue, New York Magazine, People, Elle, Yoga Journal, Natural Health, W Magazine, The New York Times, Los Angeles Times, and National Post. Celebrity fans include Shailene Woodley, Renee Zellweger, Julianne Moore, Carrie Ann Moss, Mandy Moore, and many others. Alanis Morissette describes Nadine as a true sense visionary. Fun fact, she opened the first full-concept aromatherapy store in North America in Toronto at just 22 years old. Hi, Nadine. So glad to have you back on Staying Ageless. I'm so happy to be back with you. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about your book, Renegade Beauty, and just your philosophy around beauty. First of all, you're a really excellent writer. There was like quotables all over the book, by the way. I was like, that's a good, that's a good line. 
So I really enjoyed it. I guess you talk a little bit about this in the book, but can you just give us like a a bridge version of, I guess, your personal journey to exploring beauty in general and, and what, you know, what drove you to even write this book in the first place? Yeah, well, I feel like, you know, I generally had like a pretty common childhood for North America. And, um, you know, my as a young girl, I was totally into, luckily, I had a lot of opportunity to be in nature. And I definitely had this inclination to like mix everything. I don't like, you know, mash the petals in with the mud and then put it on the skin and jump in the lake or, or dig that thing with those leaves and then find out they're poison ivy. You know? (laughs) Or, and then at home, I would mix my mom's perfumes with the other stuff and just kind of like make things froth and foam, no direction. Um, and then in grade nine, I got to do the science fair project. And it was like, we got to choose our own subjects. I found this book on like cosmetics and perfumery. And I was like, oh my God, like perfume is so cool. Like I had all the bottles, but I had no clue. Well, not that those bottles are really the roots and the history of it. But when I read about, you know, the distillation processes and and different cultures like Egypt or Cyprus that had these early perfume production going on and where like the priests were the perfumists because it was seen as one, like sort of the spirit and the body uh, was, and the medicine for the body was kind of all one thing. Mm-hmm. And so that book talked about going to the health food store and finding something called essential oils because that's what they were distilling in Egypt. So that was that moment. And then my mom took me to the health food store in the big city and I got to smell like jasmine and ylang for the first time and like orange and lemon. And I was like, like, it was so, so like I'd never smelled like no perfume smelled like that. I didn't get like right then and there, like, this is natural, this is not. And that's, you know, but it was becoming clear. Anyway, for that project, I recreated L'Air de Temps. And then again, just, you know, mixed my way through my teens, like crushing eyeshadows and mixing them with like my Crabtree Neville and lip balm or just like different things. And then thinking I was getting like environment, like green beauty products with the body shop. And then getting to university First year, I, got, I, I decided to live on my own, which I loved. It was really fun. And then I got to have my own kitchen and everything. I had this little cottage in the back of somebody's backyard. It's just like a one, two, well, there was a kitchen and like two little rooms. And so I got to experiment. But before, so I was, I was staying home, skipping school, didn't like my course picks, watching Lisa Bonet, who uh, she's an actor. And she was, she was talking about, yeah, the connection between food and the environment and health. And that was in the, in the 90s, earlier 90s, and it was like revolutionary. And because I was on my own and really making my own food and getting into it, I was like, okay, like, what are we actually making? And then I also lived just down the road from this little health food store that was in a house called Grains and Beans and Things. And I bought every book, every bean, and I really just transformed the way I was eating. Like I, ne- I was like, okay, I'm never eating processed food again. I'm only eating organic and I'm going to be making my stuff. And I found this other book at that health food store about dissecting the supermarket labels. And that was revolutionary because I learned so much and so much of the games, you know, or like secondary ingredients or like that white sugar is, or brown sugar is like white sugar with molasses. Just like the whole thing was just starting to, you know, it was like the wizard of Oz or the emperor has no clothes or whatever. It's like, (laughs) Oh my God, our food system is so aft really. 
So then I just sort of turned to the stuff in the bathroom and it's again, it's like all the same BS. It's just another petroleum promised land. And maybe the, the labels were greener and the names were fun, but the fuzzy peach bath oil, I'd never been impeached. There's no cucumber. There's no pine. There's nothing real in those um, things. So the, actually that was cool. I was kind of happy to see, it was like kind of pissed off, but then I was happy because I was like, oh my God. Now I have a real purpose to mix. <laughs> so right. watch out. Now I'm really going to concoct and mix and formulate in earnest. And then I was researching a lot. I got like older books, you know, that would talk about like sort of what was going on in 18th century Europe and how they were mixing the pomades and the perfumes. And that what was really neat about that time period is that in those books, they were also looking back to antiquity. So some of those recipes were were brought forward in those older books now, or and I would even read sort of more modern books. But I was reading about a lot of ingredients and plants that I could use as ingredients that I couldn't get access to. So then I had to figure out like how to get them. Right. And that was before the internet, so it was like, and I was just I was just little. I wasn't little, but I was like eighteen, nineteen, twenty in these years. Wow. So I was like, you know, wrote to consulates and distillers and I made a little letterhead and then eventually I started getting samples in from all corners of the earth and then even if it was a common oil like a lavender or a bergamot what I was getting in was like blowing my mind in quality that mm. just was not available at the health food stores or wherever oils were available so that was super cool and I started importing to Canada all these ingredients and then mixing and then doing all that while I was going to university and people were loving it. Like just my little circle of friends and family. And I called that Artemis essentials. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, as I was going through school and then I was also, I was also taking women's studies. I got more excited about my second year courses. And then I'm reading things like, you know, the beauty myth, our bodies, ourselves. I'm mm -hmm. doing projects on midwifery, looking at birth control, you know, issues with IUD, the birth control pill, uh, I was, I wrote a paper on like the hazards of, um, feminine hygiene products. I did papers on Madonna. It was fun. And, but to me, it really tied in, especially when we're looking at the history of women's bodies in the Western world and in other cultures where, you know, cause sometimes I would just take one course, like I did a whole course on a course on women in Ethiopia. And our mm -hmm. teacher was from Ethiopia. And then we learned about that or looking at, you know, just different situations that have not been female friendly for like hundreds of years. And in the name of beauty in our modern lifetime, whether it's, you know, uh, radium in rouge or lead in lipstick. I mean, this is our current lineage of toxic chemicals that we are to apply in the name of beauty. And yet no pore is parched for petroleum. So we need to move out of that landscape and really, you know, back into the body. But besides issues of toxicity or purity or what we're putting on, I really started to like, you know, really look at the body and how, you know, how do we maintain it, so to speak? Because I'm always into like, what's the least amount of effort? <laughs> you know, what's the sort of armchair approach that we can take to understanding our body and also our bodies and like the planet are so brilliantly designed that usually the issue is our getting in the way of things. Mm, so mm, I try mm, and look at mm. like body systems, like stepping back and go, well, how are you supposed to function like without 
me without my hand applying the cream or whatever. And so if we can get that part of our body really flowing and that then kind of what we're doing on top of that becomes very easy. So cool. You talked about in the book, you talked about the book being inspired by the philosophy of vitalism. What is vitalism? Yeah. So yeah. And then I was, so when I got to that university stage, like that's when my beauty got really renegade. Cause I was like, hold on, like the whole thing is weird and disconnected. And uh, I also did take some courses in philosophy. So I love, I love thinking about thinking. Yeah. I love that whole thing. And I love uh, vitalism is a philosophy that came out of the enlightenment. And it's really about just connecting to the whole cosmos. And to me, when I think of that in terms of beauty, it's like beauty is not applied to us. And as much as I make beautiful things in jars, it's not another jar of cream that's actually going to speak to that vitalism and that beauty in the body. And so I think we have to go wider. And I like to think in terms of cosmoetics, where we our little being is engaging with the elements of the cosmos as the source of beauty, as like sort of the most foundational step or thinking about the elements being like our finest bathing attendance or our finest beauty attendance. So we want, you know, we need water and we want to engage with pure water and we've got air and the atmosphere and the sun and sunshine and then the earth and the gifts from the earth, what we're feeding and then applying to the body like rose and lavender. Mm-hmm. And so we want to really step back, go broad and bring in that part of the universe, the cosmoetics into our cosmetics as a starting point. Then bring on the cream. <laughs> no, I love that so much because I'm also I'm obsessed with so I'm obsessed with Ayurveda. I use mm-hmm. it a lot in my practice and Chinese medicine. And I feel like all ancient forms of medicine are essentially saying you need to live in harmony with nature to be your best self. And so when I, I love the way that you describe beauty, there was a quote that I was obsessed with. You said, we must stop treating beauty as a thing or a quality and see it instead as a kind of communion. I almost passed out. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like that idea of like, you know, nature in general will flourish and die and all that stuff. But it's like, in order to get that flourishing, we can't just be focused on what cream, what lotion. It, it feels so disjointed, right? It's like, well, of course, beauty would be like everything we're doing, basically. Yeah, I don't it's know. the whole thing. It's the whole thing with a capital B. <laughs> <laughs> so I really appreciated like just the way that you broke it all down. I thought I thought that that was amazing. You alluded to the lead in our lipstick. I mean, there's just so many things. Petroleum. What are some? I guess what are some chemicals that you? Fine are very dangerous that a lot of women are actively using all the time. Well, on a kind of a funny note, I'm actually like the names of all those chemicals. I just don't keep the files in my brain. So like, I'm just you. like, we're done. <laughs> yeah, we're done all them. But like there's you know, so there's so many, and they're all just like we're done. Yeah. So all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like even in the health food store, you have to look. You know, because there's 50 derivatives of petroleum. There's sodium lauryl sulfate and then there's sodium lauryl sulfate, which is supposed yes. to be gentler, but we just don't need the surfactants. And if yes. we think about that, like talk, I think soap is, is a good way to understand things because, you know, obviously there's even natural soap. Mm-hmm. But do we need soap? We have, we have to question too, like, so great. Now we found the natural one, but do we need it? And where do we need it? And how do we need it? Of course, we do right. need soap. We want to scrub our nails. 
and wash our hands and take care of our pits and bits, but no other body part (laughs) needs the soap, (laughs) you know, especially like the leg, the forearms. I mean, unless somehow, right. It's like you, you got yourself into, I don't know, some kind of mess. We don't need to ever be soaping those areas up and we should let them be free because there's a whole microbiome on there. And so when we think of like our skin, it's like we got to step back because just as much as the cells are a part of our skin, well, so is the whole microbiome, even though yeah. that's newer understanding, but the bacteria are just as key as the cells. And as gross as it sounds, we, our skin is teeming, is a teeming tapestry of trillions of bacteria. And we've got to let, allow the bacteria to be the beautician. If we have our microbiome in check, it's taking care of our skin. It's taking care of the sebum, the oil production, the new skin cells. But really all the sort of that chunk of ingredients that we're using in modern skincare is mutating the skin's microbiome. It's affecting our innate immune system and not just because of the chemicals that are affecting our liver and our endocrine system and our fertility, Mm. but literally the little creatures that we live with that we cohabitate with and there's no way around that we can't eliminate if we eliminate them we go so we gotta gotta have harmony there and modern skincare just like it's a generalized statement but it just is not in harmony with the microbiome period Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's funny i do get like industry emails from i don't know what but it would be like if you were a l'oreal executive you'd get this email right? right it's just like the trends and everything And it's amazing to see in the last year, all these conglomerates just talk about microbiome friendly products. Right. Even though I'm like, oh. I feel like a lot of it is buzzwords, but I. um, Yeah, it is. It is. You know, and that's the, uh, but you know, it all evolves and we, we hope that it gets better and better. But I, I had crazy uh, experiences. I've been vegan since I was 13. And then I, but I never really considered my beauty products until much later. And then I um, had this crazy incident where I literally used the Kiehl's cleansers. I fell asleep with a Kiehl's cleanser on my face and woke up with a burn on my face. And I freaked out. Obviously I healed it, but um, (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to be scarred face for the rest of my life. Like I was being super dramatic. And I called my friend who was an esthetician and she was like, don't you know that they were like bought out by L'Oreal and blah, 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 blah. She just went on this whole thing about how like things appear to be really just kind of how you were saying, like a lot of us think we're doing really well. We're like, yes, I just, I just bought this brand and I feels like it's so green and da, da, da. And then like, we haven't, we just neglected to notice that there's like crazy chemicals in there. So where do we start? I mean, besides the fact that people need to go buy living libations and buy natural products, like for me, I threw out everything after that incident. I literally threw out everything. My lipstick is vegan. Like I make my own press powder out of cacao and whatever. It's like, I just totally was like, I'm done. Um, (laughs) If someone is at the beginning of like, I'm thinking about, you know, cleaning up my act when it comes to like my products, where should, what should they do first? Well, I talk in the book about stop, seal and seed. And so we can apply that. I do it for oral care. We can do Mm -hmm. it for skincare. And yes, I mean, I do make living libations, but in the book and you know, when I give examples, I like to just, you can literally just kind of, if you, if you got a, like a bottle, a nice hearty bottle of organic, 
jojoba, organic olive oil, a bag of baking soda, maybe like one essential oil of frankincense, um, a low vera plant, you could take care of your skin for like a couple of years just on yeah. that alone, like and those yeah. quantities. So, so know that. So when I'm talking about washing with oil, you could use the jojoba or the olive oil. And really using those things, you will be far better off, uh, you know, 10, 20 years down the road than any commercial product. Right. So it can be that simple. Yeah. But yeah, you want to stop because you want to stop using the things that are like causing the the microbiome to, you know, because it's really all about the skin's microbiome. When that's in harmony, you know, there's no skin type hype. That was a marketing thing created by Clinique in the 1960s. Really? Oh, yeah. So as a very, that oily in the T-zone and the blah, yeah. blah, blah, that's a very good marketing system from the sixties that then just became the, somehow the standard. That is so interesting. Yeah. But anything that's going on with your skin, whether it's the oily in the T-zone, the hormonal acne, the hyperpigmentation, melasma, thrush, the dandruff, all of that is microbiome imbalances. That's mm-hmm. the core. And wow. when we when we look at something like soap and it's surfactants, mm-hmm. so if you've, you've got the, the mild foaming face cleanser from the health food store or like whatever they're selling at the drugstore, um, or your $500 shishi brand, luxury, whatever, all mm-hmm. of that, the mm-hmm. surfactants, now that we're studying the microbiome, when we look under the skin, we see that these types of surfactants are leaving microscopic splinters in the stratum corneum, which is the fine top layer of skin. And they are Mm. not leaving when you're rinsing your face, Mm. but slowly building up daily over time, it's microscopic levels. And then that can also lead to disruptions later. could be eczema, could be melasma, could be that rough patch. You just can't balance out. Is the surfactant the thing that makes it foam? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So yeah. So you're like. So maybe then people are like, but what am I? Because we are so used to soap for cleaning, right? Yeah. The skin. But we go back. We look at like what we were doing for hundreds of years, which was washing with oil. Right. Right. Which may seem freaky if you have cystic acne. You're like, I've broken out. I've had acne for ten years. But I've taken. We've taken those people and like transform their skin and like they're seeing results in like a day a week two weeks down the road sometimes there's a a detox but generally it's really cool you can just sort of lift people slowly into that better skin okay you're gonna have to break this down too how do you wash your face with oil so um it's a ancient practice and it's done been done in many cultures from ayurveda there's a i can't remember the word right now can you the oiling of the body oh uh Pron, pron. Yeah, okay. Um, it's not it's not my camp pronounced so, style, basically. Or in the Roman baths or ancient Egypt, um, you know, they, they would use the or in um ancient China they had the gua sha tools, uh, maybe made of stone or horn. Yes. The Romans had the strigal made out of metal. And so and they would do like the whole body they would cleanse with oil and then they would take that strigal and then cut and then it's like it's scraping, but it isn't harsh like at all. Like think of like the back of a butter knife. Yeah, And then you're running that through your skin. And then that oil is like picking up all the stuff, cleansing out of your skin. And on the face, modern times, there's a few ways to do it. But I love, because you don't also work as a nation, we're totally into over exfoliation. And when we do that, 
We are leaving the young cells underneath. They're far too vulnerable to take on the role of that top layer of the skin. And it may feel fresh and fancy when it first happens, the chemical peels and all that, but we're leaving our skin way too vulnerable. If you're doing something to your skin and then they're saying, hey, avoid the sun for several months, it's not the path to go. Right, right. (laughs) And so you just, that we have these beautiful organic hemp terry face cloths but it's literally that texture of a classic face cloth that will do. That's all you need. Then you wet that. If you have regular tap water and there's no way out of that, I suggest just getting a little bottle of a glass bottle of spring water. And you can just have that on your bathroom counter. Cause it will take like weeks to go through that. You're just going to use it for your face. So you put a little, little like tablespoonish of water on that cloth, squirt the oil on there. And then you just kind of massage that cloth over your face and it lifts up all the dirt, removes makeup. If you, you know, if you got a lot of makeup on, you could use the same method, but with a a cotton round, an organic cotton round, remove the mascara, the oil Mm -hmm. will take it all, take the mascara, everything. Mm. And then you can rinse the face and then you can use that same beautiful oil, one little squirt, and then you're applying that on fresh. Right. And so it's good for men, women, children. You can also do that method to the whole body when you get out of bath or shower. When you do that cloth and oil over your whole body, it is so great. It's and very also, moisturizing. Very like, moisturizing. And you've got that light layer of exfoliation happening. It's driving the oil in. And when we do it on damp skin, you should always work with damp skin because it just drinks in the oil. It makes the pores ready. It doesn't have to be hot or cold. It, it's just water. And... Um, like a cream is really just oil mixed with water and it's emulsified like a mayonnaise. So when you've got like damp skin and then you're applying the oil, you're kind of making like a fresh cream on your skin and it's going to go in. And when you're working with the real oils, the ones I've mentioned or our best skin evers, and we have ones for all the different, I created beauty realms for the different, not skin type height, but like we're balancing the microbiome. Right. And it's so beautiful for skin. And of course, so you don't want to use rancid oils and some products, maybe they're natural, but they might be rancid. If they're with almond oil, apricot kernel, grape seed, argon, those are oils I gen- I never use. Mm-hmm. You want to be working with like the beautiful jojoba or olive oil. You can use coconut oil, but it is, you know, it's good to di- um, melt it a bit and then add in olive oil or coconut, just, I mean, sorry, olive oil or jojoba just to make it more fluid at room temp. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense to me. I sort of already do that in the sense that I only remove my makeup using oil and then I moisturize with moringa oil. I'm obsessed Beautiful. with Beautiful. Moringa is lovely. Yeah. I love yeah. it. So it's just that makes eliminate sense. soap. If yeah. You add soap, just remove that. Then you're sealing the skin because now, so stop. And then, like, so, or if you've got a uh, like chlorine, t- normal tap water, mm-hmm. just even that sort of about $25 water filter. Like, it doesn't have to be, yeah. you don't have to do the whole home. Uh, when I used to have a, a place that we rent in the city, you know, I, we would just do that with the shower filter and then everything would happen there. We'd w- wash the kale there. We'd start, we'd run our bath through the showers. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That is really funny. No, the water thing. Okay, so let's talk about the elements because I like yeah. this part about the elements that we need to commune with to enhance our beauty, right? So we have the air, we have water, we have the earth. I really loved uh, how you broke this down. Now, the water thing, oh my goodness. 
I mean, even just my last trip in Africa, the place that I was staying was this actually really shishi place. But I guess because they're really shishi, they overdid it with the water. So they had so much chlorine in the water and everyone was getting these rashes. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, no, this will not be. (laughs) So let's talk about water. We need filters, right? Like we have to. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, unless you've got well water or you live in the country. I mean, we're like, so I just, when we got our place in the country and then I turn on the tap, I'm like, I feel like a millionaire because we can drink our water coming out of our taps. Like to right. me, that's a miracle. Right. So it's internal and external. Yeah. So that, sh- so if you're just showering in like very regular New York city tap water, chlorine, all that, you're intaking more chlorine than drinking the water. Like, wow. And, and when, so it may seem like things that hit our digestive system would kind of like be stronger in the body. But when we're putting things sort of by the mouth, we've got saliva, we've got the kidneys, the liver, the ass, some stomach acids, the whole intestinal process to work with it and dilute it. When we're putting things on transdermally or we're absorbing things through our skin, it's a direct entry into the bloodstream. So mm-hmm. really, uh, one level, the skin can be sort of this kryptonite when we're applying things that aren't vibing mm-hmm. with us, or mm-hmm. it can be this great vehicle where we're bringing in the things we need. Like we make a cream with vitamin D because vitamin mm. D is awesome to absorb transdermally. Mm, mm. So we can use it to bring nutrients and medicine into our body. And I feel like that's where skincare should be. It shouldn't be these bottles of lifeless liquids that are having a toll on your liver. That's so good. That's so good. Now, what about the earth? How do we get the earth going? So the earth gets going with the beautiful foods and the her- the beauty of the earth that we're like eating and imbibing on. And then all the living libations are really obviously all yeah. of the things made from the earth. So that's how we get to engage with that. And of course, obviously like lay on the earth, get in the garden. Yes. That's where all I would that go good grounding. Stuff. Yes. Yeah, totally. And then Very you can rare. combine, combine all the elements and just being outside, looking at the sunrise while standing on the ground with your bare feet or, you know, yeah. fresh air. Yes. You said that the sun needs a new PR agent. (laughs) I started laughing. So tell us a bit about like, why do we need sun sunshine and what's so bad about sunscreen? Like, is there anything bad about it? Yeah. Well, I think if we mention the sun, people think that's like the enemy of beauty. Yes. But for me, it's like, to me, it is part of what, you know, keeps me alive and hopefully keeps things beautiful, so to speak. Yeah, we've really been like misguided about the sun. And yeah, sunscreen is a huge issue, not just because of the chemicals that we now very clearly know and have really known since the 90s take a toll on the liver, the endocrine system could have future fertility issues, whole whack of stuff. But really what's key is that when we apply sunscreen, we are receiving the sun's rays separated. So UVB and UVA are no right. longer coming into our bodies together. Right. We're just getting UVA. And UVA without UVB is skin damaging. Huh. So we got that going on. Then if we eliminate the UVB, we are not getting any vitamin D. Wow. And then we've taken away our skin's natural uh, warning system. Mm. which is like, hey, if you're pink, get out of the sun. And then when we look at scientific literature 
and I go deeply into this in the book. We have a few articles on the website, but I dedicate a whole chapter to this. I'm looking at like, you know, the New England Journal of Medicine or like the Cochrane Review, which they review like related medical studies and then group those findings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So obviously I'm generalizing here, but in summary, the New England Journal of Medicine found that melasma, melasma no, melanoma, which is the most severe skin cancer, it's very serious and, mm-hmm. and can be deathly. Mm-hmm. that people that had more time outside were closer to the inv- equator and had more sun exposure, had less chance of getting melanoma. Hmm. And melanoma is just seen as a sun disease. Hmm. However, the founding father of dermatopathology, which is like a more serious realm of study than dermatology, it's dermatopathology, which is studying the disease on skin. Mm-hmm. And his name was Dr. Bernard Ackerman. And he wrote this beautiful, deep, thick book. It's hard to find now. You can find it in used books sites. Um, it was published in like, like, it was in 209. So it's pretty mm-hmm. great. He goes through every single study. He looks at the whole, everything. And he is so into the sun. He always sports a tan, but he really goes, it's called the sun. Um, oh my God. Myth on myth, the sun and melanoma. Mm. So really talks about like on such a deep level, how we need the sun. But again, I like to look at again, the body. So how do we get out of the way? What's supposed to be going on here? What's the original design? Mm. And we have our skin was designed to be exposed to sunbeams to the sun. Mm. We have thousands of vitamin D receptors all over our body that need to be brimming with vitamin D. So we may think, oh, great, we can just take the supplement. But, you know, that's one layer, but it's a different type of vitamin D that's created. It's a water-soluble form of vitamin D. It's very cleansing to the blood. That's the one from the sun. And the the supplement one is Mm fat-soluble. So when we engage with the sun, we're creating really healthy cholesterol sulfate. We are creating very special and key to our immune system antimicrobial peptides things like catholicidins and things that stop cytokine storms in the body, which is very mm. key. We have over 3000 studies that show us that ample amounts of vitamin D in the body prevent a whole range of diseases, mm. including if you're sufficient in vitamin D, your, your chance of developing breast cancer is slashed by 50%, mm. which is one of the wow. biggest things like alcohol is about 15%. That kind of, I think it's better than stopping smoking, like getting enough vitamin D. Yeah. So, and this is the stuff we don't know. Or like juvenile diabetes, the main cause of juvenile diabetes is a vitamin D deficient pregnant mama. Mm. So the connections, I mean, because we, I don't, I didn't, when I first heard that, I was like, wow. So diabetes, sugar, blood, but it's also affected by vitamin D. So we don't even know the mystery and the majesty of this engagement, this communion. Yeah, which is so key to our vitality and literally making everything on the planet grow. So it can't be this doomsday ball of light in the sky. You know, it's it's like force. We just have to use it, know how to use it and interact with it wisely. So it's not about getting burned and it's not about slathering our bodies with sunscreen either. Yes, I love that. I love that. And I totally, I mean, I always make jokes about how I'm African and I really need the sun, but because I really yeah. just don't like, so I really feel that, I think that's one of the things that I feel when I'm yeah. on the continent. It's like, oh my God, sun, I'm feeling great. I'm getting all this <laughs> exposure and my skin is always looking great. I just feel way better. 
So that makes sense to me. And that's so interesting about the segmentation. It's almost like using sunscreen is almost like, I don't know, it's like making a processed food version of, of sunlight intake yeah. or something. Well, it's also like then what do we, so if you think it is a communion, we're literally like on the altar of sunshine, we are putting our bodies and then we are engaging with those rays. And so are right. you putting it on your Coca-Cola fueled Mazzola anointed body? Right. Or, you know, cause I kind of think it's like the difference of cooking with coconut oil or spray on Pam. Right. And we don't want to cook with Pam. We want to be cooking with coconut oil, jojoba, sea buckthorn. And all of those oils are like sun harmonizing factors. They will not sun protection factors, but they will harmonize your skin with the sun. They will allow the vitamin B. Yeah. And it's like our skin and body needs it. It literally, it's like now we're like denying the sun, spraying on tans with chemicals and like applying acne medicine and acne is so good. Like put the acne in the sun is also a really good thing. Mm-hmm. And doctors at the turn of the century really understood the sun. There was a lot of healing going on. There was clinics in Switzerland that people were going from all over the world to heal, heal like rickets, tuberculosis. Um, 1902, the, the, Pul- the Pulitzer Prize, one of those prizes, the Nobel Peace, one of those ones was given to a guy for studying sun therapy for heliotherapy and doctors at that time were like no if you want to prevent wrinkles and acne you need some sunshine Mm, mm, mm. so it's like it's a but again you want to be healthy cells in that sunlight you know hydrated good diet we even have studies that show that foods rich in pigments like tomatoes or spirulina act like an internal sunscreen as well so good this is so good so many good tips I just want to ask you one last question, which is, I guess, so this show is about staying ageless. I'm into longevity. We talk about all these things about longevity, and we know that people definitely want to look really great for a really long time. But then there's this spirit of comparison, and there's also this weird pop culture thing that happens too. I mean, I'm just wondering if you have any tips or thoughts on aging gracefully and also like, you know, and gracefully and beautifully, because I think there's, there's beauty in aging in, in yeah. itself. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of beauty to be had. Um, and we don't want to think of like our time on the planet as this like crash against the rocks of trines, right. which have these sort of adrenal driven goals to like, you know, where we're staring in the mirror going, Oh my God, these wrinkles, <laughs> like we can't live that way. Although we really are set up to live that way on, yeah. a, on a deep level. I actually have like a, a little section on comparison in my book in Renegade Beauty. Yeah. Because again, we on just even forget about aging. If we can really be aware of when we're comparing and then hopefully eventually not, it's so liberating because mm. there really is no freedom when you live in comparison, you are trapped forever. Right. So we want to really let go of that and, and get into that individual part of our existence Mm -hmm. without comparison. And there's so much to unpack about aging. And even, I mean, even the self-esteem that we've raised the young children and women with, I mean, that whole has to change. And we have a culture that's very much geared towards women at 18 right (laughs) or whatever like Mm -hmm. that's where we're supposed to stop and obviously a lot is changing but really it's an inside job too we you know hopefully we can think about where we're comparing think about where we might be running off in our thoughts that aren't positive towards our body and really 
hone into that sacred connection to ourself, that sacred conversation that we're having with ourselves, like pretty much every living moment. And I feel like that's where aging gracefully can start. Mm-hmm. And for me, beauty and health are inextricably bound. Mm. And to me, to it's like to get or not to get because I don't know if I'm getting anywhere, but just sort of when I think about my life 50 years from now, 100 years from now, I know that I'm going to have to include those elements and my relationship to the sun and the planet and the air and the water is going to be a key thing in ageless and longevity. I mean, it's just so deep, Nadine. I love it. <laughs> it's deep because I feel like the way we think about beauty is super shallow. So for someone to like be like beauty and health are interconnected, it's just like, yes, yes. <laughs> and to me, that's the easy path. Like, right? right. It's like if, if we don't put health in the mix, like I don't I feel like then you got a pretty uphill hill battle. Like if you've mm. got rosacea mm-hmm. and you don't think about the health or whatever, like I don't know how you're gonna get rid of it. So no, it's so you know true. I mean? I love yeah. that so much. Where can people find you online and, and also get your book, Renegade Beauty? The book. So I've got Renegade Beauty and Holistic Dental Care and there wherever books are sold, including Audible. Both of them are on Audible now. And they're on our website, which is livinglibations.com. And you can, there's a whole world there. We have tons of articles and feel free to email us really any question. We're really good at health, beauty, dental. If we don't know answers, we'll hopefully send you some good resources that you can follow up with. And then social media mainly is Instagram and Facebook, YouTube. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nadine. Thank you. Attention, superfood lovers. You all may know by now that my favorite African superfood of all time is Moringa. Why? Moringa has 92 nutrients and 46 antioxidants, and every part of the amazing plant can be used. I personally use Moringa oil on my face twice a day, and then I also use Moringa powder to add to my smoothies, make Moringa bread, or sprinkle on meals for added nutrition from an amazing company called True Moringa. Founded in 2013, True Moringa is creating jobs and community with their amazing skincare and wellness products. The coolest part? Every time you make a purchase from True Moringa, they plant a tree in your name. Yes, child, to date they have planted over 2 million Moringa trees to combat deforestation and malnutrition in Ghana. To check out their awesome products, visit TrueMoringa.com and use the code RAWGIRL at checkout for 10% off and free shipping over $20. Are you interested in living your best, healthiest life? I'm Asosa E, also known as The Raw Girl of TheRawGirl.com, and I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach who specializes in helping you discover what exercise and diet is best for your body and get to the root cause and rebalance if you have a serious chronic condition. Clients who've worked with me have reversed diabetes, hypertension, balanced hormonally, gotten rid of acne for good, and lost hundreds of pounds. If you are interested in reaching your health goals with some support this year, visit therawgirl.com to sign up for a 20-minute call with yours truly. Until then, stay healthy and happy. All right, all right. It's time to take a question from Instagram or email. Remember, if you would like to have your question answered on the show, 
All you got to do is send me a DM or slide up in my DMs on Instagram at the raw girl or contact me via my website, therawgirl.com. Today's question is from Simone B via Instagram who says, what should I include in my workout plan as a beginner? Hi, Simone. That's a really awesome question. Generally speaking, when I'm trying to figure out the best exercise and diet for my clients, I'm looking at their body type. So it actually does depend on what body type you have, but a good overall rule of thumb is to consider including strength training, cardio, and also some form of stretching or mindfulness activity, maybe that involves stretching. So for instance, Yoga is a really nice, yoga and Pilates are both really great for um, lengthening and stretching the body. And they're also mind-body exercises. So incorporating yoga in your weekly routine actually helps you, you know, reduce the the incidences of injury, um, prevent, protect your joints a little bit, all that stuff. And then cardio wise, um, you want to find something that actually you like, depending on your weight loss goals, it's going to depend whether or not you want to do more cardio and less strength training or vice versa. But cardio can be anything from walking to running to doing specific machines. I have a lot of clients with Peloton bikes, et cetera. And then strength training, um, it doesn't have to be traditional strength training. So you could obviously go to the gym and lift some weights, but you also have Pilates and bar and hit and all these kind of body weight exercises. Sometimes I travel with my resistance bands. So basically, if you kind of are mixing it up between the three, if you're getting some cardio, some strength training, and some sort of stretching or something that helps you remain flexible, you will be on the right track. I hope that helps you. Okay, y'all, I hope you learned one or two things here today. And I encourage you to practice these habits and see the change reflecting in your own life. Remember, true beauty occurs when your soul, mind, and body are nourished. Throw those processed foods away, eat more fruits and vegetables, drink your water often, practice daily prayer, meditation, gratitude, and yoga, and watch yourself morph into a beautiful, healthy version of yourself. Today, I leave you with a quote from Dolores Del Rio. Take care of your inner spiritual beauty. That will reflect on your face. Well, that's all for today, sis. If you're looking for more health tips or have a question for the show, find me on Instagram at The Raw Girl. You can also find me and contact me through my website, therawgirl.com. For more on the show or to listen to past episodes, visit stayingagelessshow.com. To watch the interview on video from this and past podcast episodes, subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash The Raw Girl. 